Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sachs's Essay Today podcast. My name is Michelle Botcher, and I am an assistant professor until August 15th, when I will become an associate professor, um, and the Student Affairs Program Coordinator in the College of Education at Clemson University. I'm also your host for this program. While the podcast is focused on current issues, events, and trends, it's also important that we get to know a little bit about our guests as we engage in work and learning together, since we are all more than just our jobs. My guests today are Jessica Wiggins at Jacksonville State University in Alabama and Robin Sanderson at Anderson University in South Carolina. Welcome. I'm happy to get to talk with each of you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate you being here today. So, um, would you mind, and Robin, if you don't mind going first, would you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you came to work in your current role? Yeah, sure, thanks. Um, so as Michelle said, my name is Robin Sanderson. I'm the Associate Vice President for Student Development at Anderson University. Um, I started in higher ed, I guess I never left college. Um, I immediately started working in the admissions department upon my graduation from a women's college and just stayed in higher ed. I um, have worked at two uh, small private women's colleges and then worked at two religiously affiliated private colleges as well and have worked in a variety of different areas. Um, I came to Anderson University about six years ago as the Dean of Student Development and was promoted to AVP a couple of years ago and just really enjoy working um, working with students in a small private um, liberal arts setting. Great. How about you, Jessica? Yeah, so again, I'm Jessica Wiggins and I am the Director of Financial Aid at Jacksonville State University. I've been at Jacksonville State for um, about a year and a half now. Um, and I came to Jacksonville State from the University of West Georgia. So both of those are um, four-year public regional institutions. Um, but I've, my field of choice has been financial aid. So I've been working in the financial aid field for, uh, well, I'm actually just a month shy of 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. So I came to the field because I also did not want to leave college. Um, I worked as a student assistant all four years that I was in college. Um, my degree was in secondary education, um, and while I was doing my student teaching in my last semester of college, I decided I don't really want to do this, and so um, I started immediately talking to my supervisor at the time um, for my student assistant position, and she kind of encouraged me to think about staying in higher ed, and so um, I started working full-time six weeks after I graduated at the same university I graduated from in financial aid. So I really, really enjoy what I do. Um, and honestly, I don't, I don't think I'd still be in it if I didn't enjoy it. Great. Um, Jessica, what are some of your hobbies and interests outside of work? So um, I can honestly say that uh, the coronavirus has um, triggered some new hobbies for me mm -hmm. because I've had to find things to do. Um, but I've actually really enjoyed gardening. Um, I think that being at home this time of year has been wonderful. So I've been able to be outside a lot. And so I've really enjoyed gardening. I've spent a lot of money buying plants. 
and my yard now looks like an oasis. So I've actually found something that I enjoyed through all of this. That's great. How about you, Robin? Um, I really like to spend time on the lake. We're we're not too far from Lake Cartwheel, and so we um just doing a variety of things, whether it's kayaking or boating or fishing or just enjoying some time out on the water. Um, I've also uh, read a lot more over the last few weeks, so definitely um, picking up on that hobby of reading, which I'd kind of lost sight of when I've been reading more and more children's books over the last few years, and so I've started picking up a few of my own books to read and just spending time with my family in general. Well, that's perfect lead into my next question, which is what are you reading or watching or things you might be listening to right now, Robin? So I definitely, um, I was reading before the coronavirus hit, I was reading um, a book that we were doing a book study on or book uh, club on at, at work called The Coddling of the American Mind and um, very interesting to kind of thought provoking. Um, however, when the coronavirus hit, I feel like I read so many things about COVID-19 and other schools and other things. And I just needed to read some more lighthearted things in my world. And so, um, I've kind of put that on hold and I've actually just been reading some, um, just some light beach reads, things that I would normally love to read um, while I was laying on the beach and I haven't been able to do that. So just some lighthearted things. Um, I did start watching Parks and Rec, which apparently was uh, very popular a few years ago and I'm behind the times, but have started trying to watch that just to have something funny, just to distract me. Um, I do uh, read my Bible daily, which is very helpful for me, but just trying to find some stuff that's more uplifting and heartening and just also to bring a little joy in my world because so much of it has been kind of dreary. Great, especially since it's hard to physically get away right now to find other means of escape and um, stuff to lift your spirits. So great. Um, what about you, Jessica? What are you reading and watching and listening to? Yeah, so um, I'm actually, I just started last week, um, Educated by Tara Westover. Um, it's a memoir about a young lady who grew up in Idaho um, with really strict morals. Um, and so kind of talking, it's her experience, how education kind of lifted her out of that. And I've really enjoyed it. Um, but I just finished before that, um, Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. Um, highly recommend also, um, kind of a similar story, actually, kind of grew up in a rural area, didn't have a lot of opportunity and made the most of it. And he, he is now um, a graduate of Yale Law. So um, both of those I've really enjoyed. But typically what I read um, is historical fiction. So both of those are kind of um, a depart from what I normally would read. Um, and it's really funny that Robin mentioned picking up watching Parks and Rec because I have never been a, a TV watcher, and um, <laughs> my husband has always told me, you have to watch The Office. You have to. So now <laughs> I think I've seen every episode um, of The Office, and so he, he was right. I should have. It made me laugh. It was exactly what I needed. It was lighthearted, and now I get his inside jokes when he refers to them. <laughs> well, if you're done with that, Parks and Rec is not a bad follow-up, so... <laughs> that he's encouraged me to watch that and i think the uh is it it's always sunny in philadelphia is that another show the, it is. yeah so something similar 
All right. Um, thank you both for that very much. What about do do you have a favorite quote or you know a, a saying that you kind of turn to or that sticks with you? Uh, Jessica, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, also, just a side note before I tell you uh, my favorite quote, um, I'm also a very, very big Disney fan. And so okay. that's kind of my caveat before telling you my quote. Um, but it's kind of fun to do the impossible, um, said by Walt Disney. And I think that's a, it's true and applicable in what I do um, because we're, we're always in financial aid having to find new ways to do things or be inventive or be creative. Um, and so that's kind of at the forefront of my mind because I try not to see things as a challenge or a barrier. Um, try to see it as fun as an opportunity to get to do something new. Definitely timely for what we're trying to navigate right now, <laughs> too. So great. How about you, Robin? Um, so the, the quote is kind of a, I don't even know where it would come from, but it's like a meme you would see on Pinterest or other areas um, on Facebook and such. But, um, and you may have seen it, but it says, be the woman who fixes another woman's crown without telling the world it was crooked. And I like this philosophy and just this idea of being someone behind the scenes to help others, especially other women, other moms, um, and not make a big deal out of it, just being kind of a sisterhood to help each other out. However, while it's talking about woman to woman, I definitely feel like in my roles um, in working in conduct and other areas and um, uh, crisis um, roles and things like that, I feel like that lends itself to my job quite a bit where kind of behind the scenes helping students get things straightened out in their life, um, coming alongside of them when either they've made some really rough choices or tough choices and they're dealing with those consequences or they're just dealing with life tough consequences or um, some tough things in their life. And so coming alongside of people, not sharing those details, but then just trying to help lift people up. Um, and so I just really like that. And I like the idea of really um, trying to help other other students, but also trying to help other um, working moms as well. Great. Thank you both very much. So now I have the surprise question. Um, <laughs> and I imagine we're going to talk about a lot of different things today, but um, I know that you both are parents, and so I, I framed this one around the kids. And so my question is, would you rather have your kids, kid or kids, um, make a daily schedule of tasks for you to complete or <laughs> set a limit on how much screen time you're allowed? Mm. <laughs> that how much how much screen yeah. time we are allowed to have yeah how much screen time you are allowed to have <laughs> i think i would like i would like to know the task that they would have for me i think they'd be quite funny and i think they would be entertaining and uh and i think they would find fun ways for us to engage so i would go with the task allowing them to create the task for me great how about you just yeah and i i think i would agree with uh with robin um i i can't have them limiting my screen time because i'm pretty sure i would get fired um, so, 
it would need to be the task, but I think that I could probably predict what they would be, and it would be feed me chocolate multiple times. <laughs> well, maybe that's some homework. You can all test it out. And um, I like how you started, Robin, with I'd like to see what they came up with, not I'd be interested in doing, but I'd just like to read and wrote down. So. Um, well, thank you both so much for sharing a little bit about yourselves. Um, do you want to talk? Would you mind sharing kind of what your individual situations are as far as we're talking about today, you know, um, this shift from practitioner at work being somewhat, though certainly not always, somewhat separate from home and now being a practitioner at home with family around? Um, would you mind just sharing a little bit about like the home situation, a little bit about your kids and your family and how you've been navigating things for the last couple of months? And um, Jessica, why don't you start if that's okay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just a little a background information about me. So yes, I am a mom. My daughter that oh, I call her my daughter uh, she is my stepdaughter but she just turned 12 in the midst of the coronavirus mm -hmm. um, and we actually have her my husband and I have her every other day so yeah we have an, an interesting but wonderful arrangement so that's um, not necessarily been a, an issue or a challenge for us in this but I do find myself having to kind of plan around when she's going to be here um and even like wi-fi challenges like no 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 don't get on your ipad um and so it's been it's been fun it's been a fun challenge to have to navigate that but I've, i'm honestly just so thankful um that i had a job that would allow me to be here while she was also out of school because that's never been an option or an opportunity that i've had before i've told my husband that i've never been at home this much in my entire adult life. <laughs> mm -hmm. If I can ask a couple of questions, um, first of all, sure. most importantly, um, what what was the birthday like in the era of pandemic? How did you adapt <laughs> that process? So we um, we're actually surrounded by family where we live. Uh, we live in a very rural area in Alabama, and so. Um, my in-laws were actually able to still come over because we are kind of all neighbors. All of our properties adjoin each other. And so we were still able to at least celebrate with immediate family. Um, and she was so very wonderful and understanding and all of it because obviously we couldn't go out and buy presents. We couldn't, you know, buy cakes. But <laughs> every member of her family made her a cake. So she ended up with multiple <laughs> birthday cake so she was really excited she's a huge chocolate fan and so that was probably the best birthday present that she could have gotten anyway great well good um robin what about you how t tell us a little bit about your your situation your family yeah so um my husband is he started a new job um, i guess about 10 months ago and so um he has not, he's had a lot of flexibility in his job, which we're grateful for, but he does not have the type of flexibility I have where I've been at the same place for six years. And so um, I've definitely been the parent staying home with the kids and he's been, been going to work every day. Um, I have a uh, 
as well as both of my kids had birthdays during the pandemic as well. And so one just turned 10 and um, our son just turned 10 and then our daughter just turned seven. Um, and so that has been interesting navigating navigating those transitions. Um, so a first grader and a fourth grader um, working from home. And um, like I said, my husband, while working a lot, he actually has been sick. He did not have COVID, thankfully. We're grateful for that. But he is very, he was very sick for a couple of weeks. And so we were navigating um, doctor's appointments and other things um, and trying to keep him from catching COVID on top of the stuff he already had going on. And so um, it was kind of interesting navigating that in the midst of we learned a lot about telemedicine and some other things that we've not really experienced before. And so um, it has been interesting having a, a fourth grade or fourth grader who's not really interested in school and was pretty happy when he found out he got to stay home for the rest of the semester. And then having a first grader who um, openly says that she is school sick instead of homesick. Mm -hmm. She quite misses school. And um, they do some things called split grid videos. And she's made tons of videos for her teacher um, because she misses her and definitely has cried quite a few times. She is the kid who, when they have a WebEx, she's getting up, curling her hair, and putting on dress clothes, like as in church dress clothes, <laughs> sitting on a WebEx call because she's missed school so much. Um, and so it's just been very interesting to see how different their personalities were in approaching um, approaching school and approaching this idea of being home for months. How did you um, manage their birthdays through this? Um, they were very, I really appreciated their kind hearts. My daughter turned seven first, and so our our um, son picked out several different meals that he thought she would like, and so we made her muffins for breakfast, and we made her um, some food at lunch that was kind of her special food, and then for dinner, we made a little special dinner, and just really sweet to see him pick out those options for her, and um, so we did everything at home, and then I did some sidewalk talk for her, and um, she just has such a sort of gregarious and joyful heart, and I love it. And so that night, she said, this is the best birthday I've ever had. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm so glad that you think that, and I'm so glad that this is your perspective, and I love it, and I need more of that perspective in my life because as a mom, it felt, you know, kind of crazy to, um, to just look at it from a different perspective. And then our son... Um, because our daughter, because he had already done all those things for our daughter, it was kind of modeled what he would, what she would do. So she picked out meals for him and sidewalk chops and um, restrictions were a little eased up by then. And so um, we were able to actually go kayaking in some kind of private, on a private property that um, a friend has. And so we were able to actually get out of the house for his, his birthday. But we have really been limiting um, seeing other people and really uh, just and and that part was very different. So doing some FaceTime and some WebEx things for birthday while we sang happy birthday and things, very, very different. <laughs> wow. Well, it's a good thing he did a good job for her. Otherwise, repercussions <laughs> of it. Um, when you think back to, and I know this probably feels like it was years ago at this point, but um, when the conversations were first starting about you know, schools being done remotely, whether it's the university where you work or um, 
your kids' schools. How did how did you start to have conversations about maybe what to expect, but then also how have you navigated things through the shift where um, you know you're trying to work but also attend to them? Um, and Robin, you want to go first this time? Yeah, I will say I remember um, our kids came home on March 13th. It was a Friday and. They came home with their Chromebooks for school, and there was a note attached to them, and it said that the teachers were going to start sending their Chromebooks home every single day in case at some point they needed to stay home for a longer period of time. And I remember getting them that Friday afternoon and thinking, I know this is kind of crazy, but surely not. Like, surely we're not going to be doing e-learning. Um, and by that month, by that Sunday night, the governor was on announcing that we were going to be doing e-learning for two weeks. And I remember thinking, actually going to be pretty good. Like, I'm going to be able to stay home with the kids. I'm going to be able to work remotely. And this is going to be like, it just, it's just going to simplify some things in our lives for a few weeks. And it was so much harder than I ever thought it would be. Um, it was very trying in the beginning while we tried to figure things out. Um, both of my kids are small enough that they, well, I didn't need to like sit with them all the time. They needed a lot of guidance with schoolwork and they needed some assistance with um, our daughter has to type in a lot of answers and she's in first grade. And so spelling is a challenge for her. And so um, it, it has been a lot more challenging to try and help them manage their workloads um, when I was on Zoom calls all the time. And so we actually started doing um, a process that the kids hated. And I'll be fair, I wasn't super excited about it either. But it seemed like it was the only thing that would work for us um, is we would actually get up really early in the morning, far earlier than we would normally go to school. And they would work on schoolwork and I would help them and we would work through their schoolwork. And then by the time they kind of got done with schoolwork, I would be starting Zoom meetings. But I was finding myself on Zoom meetings from 830 in the morning until 530 in the afternoon. And so there wasn't any way for me to help them with schoolwork when I was sitting in front of a video camera all day. Um, and so lunch breaks became time to like check their schoolwork and make sure they were moving forward on projects. And so we, once we kind of started to develop a pattern and they, we realized this wasn't just a two week thing. This was going to be the rest of the academic semester. We ended up, um, finding different patterns. And my fourth grader was able to transition to doing more independent remote work. Um, and he would just kind of check in with me throughout the day and um, my breaks and my lunch break and stuff would be checking his work. Um, and then our first grader, we were able to kind of navigate her sitting in a slightly different room, but bringing me stuff. And so we just had to find a little bit more freedom for them and find the ability for me to um, help them, but not be so focused on them and give them more freedom to, to try and do their own work. Um, but it, it was challenging. It was a lot more challenging than I thought um, when I left. To work from remote, to work remotely, which we all kind of did at the same time. My boss encouraged all of us to take home some of our professional books, some things that we might want to read if we had downtime. And I brought home like five or six books that I'm really interested in reading, some really good things. And I haven't been able to read a single one of them. I mean, it has been a lot more meetings, um, a lot more web, or we use Zoom, a lot more Zoom meetings than I ever thought. Um, and I guess, you know, not having that ability to pop in someone's office and ask them a five-minute question has now morphed into us having meetings about things. And so 
um, it's, it's just taken a lot more time than I, than I thought it would. How about you, Jessica? What's it been like for you? So um, very similar to Robin, whenever we first started, you know, hearing the, the rumors and the mumblings that secondary schools were going to close and then there was the potential that my university was also going to transition to remote and online courses. Um, I oversimplified that in my mind. I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm an incredibly organized person. I'm very structured. So I was like, yeah, I've got this. So I really did. I actually created a schedule for um, my daughter for her schoolwork. And it was, you know, basically like a school day schedule. And um, so we were doing every subject every day. Um, we get in about a week and a half into this. Um, and we both were just kind of hitting our heads against the wall because she was spending like nine to 10 hours a day trying to finish her remote schoolwork. And um, it, it just wasn't working. She was becoming very frustrated. I was becoming frustrated because I couldn't help her during the day. Um, and so finally, I realized that her computer skills were lacking through no fault of her own. They just don't use computers that much. Um, in school. And so like typing responses was taking her hours to type out, you know, a paragraph because, she, you know, her typing speed was really, really slow. And so once I understood that that was the issue, um, we actually transitioned to um, just certain subjects on certain days. The things that were heavy typing, we tried to spread that out so that we're not doing four subjects of heavy typing in one day and we making that transition was the best thing that we could have done because then she really didn't need my help she knew what the expectation was for that day she was able to get that subject completed and would still have time in the afternoon so i'm thankful that we kind of hit that wall early on um, and that we didn't have to continue to kind of trudge through this um but with my work it's also a very similar story to to robin um, i have a staff of 13 and so trying to maintain contact with them and make them feel like they weren't forgotten. Um, I didn't want to burden them with too many meetings, but I also still wanted to check in. Um, and it, like she said, you can't just pop in someone's office or, you know, even just sending a simple text I didn't feel like was enough. So I, in the beginning, I tried to schedule meetings to follow up with all of them. I don't supervise all of them, but I mean, just still, just to make sure that they understood that I'm still there for them. Um, and I think I was exhausting them as much as I was exhausting myself. And so um, I, I've kind of had to readjust there as well um, and have found something that works for all of us. So now we're just doing once weekly, if needed, meetings um, with certain groups of people. So grouping people into similar positions and having meetings together as a whole and trying to address that. So that's also made it better. But then you throw... CARES Act into my world, and that just threw us all for a really big loop. So we're we're still working through that and trudging through the CARES Act. Mm-hmm. How have um, and you both sort of mentioned the the relational aspect of it, and there's the convenience factor of being able to drop in and just sort of touch base, um, but there is also just the fact of seeing being in the same space i won't say seeing people because we have 
different ways we might see people. Um, what, what sorts of things have you, so someday we'll be through this and we'll be back to hopefully something better than where we were before, because I think we're, we're getting some skills and experiences from this. How will the experiences you've had with your colleagues and building and maintaining relationships, how do you think those will be different once we are able to be back in the same space? And I'm talking about down the road where we're not wearing masks and things like that, because um, we'll get there. It may take a while, but we'll get there. Are there things that you've learned through all of this that you think will enhance your working relationships once we're not as online and remote as we are right now? Does my question make sense? Yeah, I think it makes sense. Um, if, if Robin doesn't mind, I'll, I'll jump in first on this one. Um, I would say for me, what I've learned is to, um, is that they are very, very capable <laughs> Um, that I wasn't, I'm not a micromanager, but that I've got to be able to trust that they are, they are doing things. And if they, if they need me, that they'll reach out. And I was overcompensating for that, um, in the beginning. And, um, you know, they kind of, they kind of let me know that so we kind of established a new level of trust too, because, you know, I was trying to be very vulnerable with them and say, Hey, if, if this is too much or if this isn't working for you, just, just let me know. And some of them did. And so I was so thankful for that. And so I feel like there's that new level of trust that we'll have when we do go back. How about you? I would, I, yeah, I would agree with Jessica on that. I think I've definitely learned some new technical skills um, in terms of just how to work remotely, maybe a little more efficiently. Um, We've opened up some uh, ability to use a VPN and work remotely, some things that we haven't done in the past. And so my staff and I have access to files at home that we wouldn't have had in the past. And so learning how to navigate that, learning how to how to run a meeting in a Zoom call, um, especially when you're online and sharing documents with each other and trying to move things ahead. It's just kind of a different, um, you, you know, you're still running through an agenda, but what do you need to do to prepare ahead of time to bring to what files do you need to have set up so that you can share them on the Zoom call? So I think I've, I've really kind of stretched myself in thinking through those aspects a little bit more. Um, I think one of the things that's been very apparent to me, and I, I would guess to others as well, is just the number of things that our staff, not that I wasn't aware of them before, but the number of things our staff are dealing with at home. Um, especially when we're all starting to work from home and then just um, trying to be cognizant of those being compassionate and supportive of people in the different um, experiences they have right now. And some of them are definitely facing more challenges at home and navigating more issues than others and trying to be supportive of all of those. Um, as Jessica said, trying to check in with people and making sure that they don't feel forgotten, making sure or just really trying to be compassionate, but then also managing that along the um, this uh, at the same aspect of trying to move things along and make sure projects are, are happening and, and moving forward. So I think that those are some areas in which I've definitely um, grown as a professional. As I'm listening to you um, talk about your experiences, I'm also struck by the fact that 
um, I mean, you talk about being vulnerable, but also other people being vulnerable. I feel like I've been on enough calls where, you know, the toddler runs in and needs something or the cat walks across in front of the camera or whatever. I, I feel like there's a sense of um, understanding of who we are with one another as human beings, not just as co-workers. Would you all agree with that? Have you had experiences either, you know, on your end where something happened and it's like, oh yeah, this is what my house is like right now, or where you've seen colleagues sort of try to navigate all of those people at once that, that will kind of maybe stay with you and inform how you engage, certainly through the rest of this time in terms of extending patience and understanding? I definitely think so. I think one of the things for me is, um, and thinking through some of my other friends, like other colleagues and people that I'm friends with, some of them have small children, like toddlers. And I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know how in the world they do this. <laughs> like I, I, those with infants and really small children, I'm, I'm not, I, it just boggles my mind that they're working through that. And yet I have a, a first grader and a fourth grader, and there were some really challenging times for us. And so I think it's just, Keeping in mind that we are all experiencing the same pandemic, but we're experiencing it very differently. Um, and yet just trying to extend grace and compassion and mercy where we can, um, because we we need that for ourselves, but we've got to extend it to others and model that for others as well. Yeah, and and I think too, like one of the not necessarily issues, but I, I I quickly realized that I was leaning on my staff who I knew didn't have children more. And I know that sounds terrible and it was completely subconscious. And so I had to, you know, quickly adjust my way of thinking like, no, just because they don't have these th other things going on at home doesn't mean that they don't have things going on at home. Just because it's not children, that doesn't mean they don't have things. And so, I mean, it didn't take me very long to come to that realization. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've all had, we've all had challenges and a lot of us have had to, you know, own up to say, look, there's going to be, I'm going to have to take 30 minutes extra today. My kid's having issues with math today or, or whatever. And the honesty too, and coming through that and just, that also showed that they trust me because they were willing to say that, um, or reach out to me and tell me. And so that's been it's been really great and really refreshing for me because I'm getting to know them on a different level. Yeah, I appreciate those comments because I do think there's um, there's sort of this call to keep work and home separate. And you can't do that even before the pandemic, but there's sort of this facade that you can. And now nobody's even pretending, <laughs> you know, it's like, yep, it's all right here right now. So I, I, I appreciate those observations a lot. Um, Jessica, let's start with you. When you think about the, so you've been helping your daughter with her homework and kind of as she's navigated it, what are some things you think maybe she's learned about you watching you do your work? Um, since she's been in the same space with you when that's been happening? <laughs> that's really funny that you ask. Um, I think 
I mentioned um, her typing skills. And there were some days where she would do some of her work in the same room as me if it was something she was struggling with. And she would be watching me type. Uh, <laughs> she was fascinated by how quickly that I was typing. She was like, you ever think that I'll be able to be as fast as you? <laughs> like, well, I mean, I don't know, maybe, um, but that's not even necessarily what she wants to do with her life. She thinks right now that she wants to be a veterinarian. Like, So there's probably not a ton of a need for you to type as much as I do. You won't use a computer as much. And so that's been um, really, really funny to kind of see her perspective change. Um, but also she knew um, that I had a very busy job, but understanding and hearing some of the conversations that I have or you know, just being very honest with you guys, um, some of the frustrations that I would have during the day on some of these calls and meetings, and I would I would try not to show it. Um, she did also make a comment at one point that she never wanted to do what I do. And so that made me really sad. And so it did allow us though, to have a conversation about there's always going to be frustrating times in whatever it is that you choose. Um, you just have to be patient enough and understanding enough to help guide that situation. And so she's 12, so we can have these conversations. So I think it's been, I think it's been a good experience, honestly. That's great. What and about Jessica, you? I, Yeah, I would say, I think Jessica and I have some very similar comments with that. Um, it's funny, my six-year-old daughter also wants to be a vet, or now seven-year-old wants to be a veterinarian as well. And she was also perplexed at how fast I can type. <laughs> and um, it's just funny that that's kind of something they picked up on, but it's, you know, just, 16 years of working in higher ed and typing quite a bit. Um, and so that was something early on they picked up on. But just as Jessica said, I, I definitely have had some um, different meetings with different tensions and high emotions and some of those conversations. And because they're Zoom meetings, um, the kids have picked up on some of those things. Certainly there are meetings that happen. I've had to go in other rooms and shut the door and stuff. But um, but they definitely picked up on some of the tension in my job that they are usually hidden from, that that is not usually something I bring home. And it may be things I discuss with my husband after they go to bed, you know, to kind of vent and, and, and have conversations with him privately. But they've never been around some of those conversations. And so um, not that they were directly involved in them, but they definitely picked up on, on some of those things. And, and I didn't realize how much they were picking up on until my my son asked me a few questions and and I just had to step back and say, hey, you know, you're 10. This isn't something you need to be worried about right now, but mom and dad have, you know, jobs and their tensions. And that's just as Jessica said, no matter where you work, there's going to be different tensions and different things you have to navigate. And so um, it, it definitely allowed me to see that the stress and the tension that I feel in my job, because I'm with them all the time, they are picking up on it. And so I've really had to be more intentional with my, um, just trying to step back and try and look at ways, maybe, you know, read more or walk or exercise or trying to do some other things to help my stress level to be reduced so that it's not affecting them. Um, one of the things that was laughing about Friday afternoon, my, my son's birthday was last week and he got some roadblock characters which I didn't even know what they were until his birthday came around um but these they're little miniature figurines were a bit like Legos kind of deal uh Lego figurines and so he was playing with those and um he literally was talking to them about 
them getting in a WebEx call and what they needed to prepare for the meeting and what they needed to do and how they needed to brush their hair before the WebEx. And it was just, I, he was at the other end of the table and I was doing work. And so I was listening to him while I was typing. And I just thought, that's really funny that my kids and other kids, I'm sure, are picking up on that. You know, they're, they're having their own WebEx meetings for school occasionally, but not like moms and Zoom meetings all the time. But they're picked up on those things. And that is now something that's part of their lingo. It's part of their experience as a student. And it's just very interesting how much they have, have picked up on it. Mm-hmm. Well, the next time either one of you hits a rough spot and you're questioning things, just tell yourself, but oh, wow, I can type really fast. And that should push <laughs> your spirits a little bit. <laughs> Superpower you didn't even realize you had. So I'll add that to my resume. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, you know, you've touched on most of what I was going to ask. I, I'll ask this question again just to give you a chance to add if there's anything but what are what are some positive things either professionally or personally that as we in the future shift away from where we are now um that you'll take with you whether it's memories whether it's different ways of doing things or communicating what are some what are some positive things you might carry with you forward Um, I will say one of the things, and, and Jessica kind of talked about this earlier with her quote, but this idea of being able to see things in a different perspective and try new things. Um, I think from a work perspective, I've definitely been able to approach some topics or events or things in a very different manner than I've ever been allowed to do before. And to be fair, the, the old way just would not work. It would not necessarily be safe in the pandemic era that we're in. Um, but it's opened up some freedom to have conversations about what are some of the priorities that we need to have and um, and how can we do things fundamentally different. And um, some of those things in the past that have been very sacred uh, that maybe we haven't been able to even approach the idea of doing differently, we have been able to, I mean, we've been forced to try something new, try something different. And um, I think that's healthy and I think that's positive. I, I have been... Um, been student affairs for 16 years and I definitely at four different institutions and I'm definitely seeing that sometimes we get stuck in our ways of well this is just how we always do it and so we can't change from that or deviate from that and yet this has really thrown all this a curveball and we've had to deviate and so I think that's healthy and I think those will be some healthy changes that we've made I think if we could continue those conversations as we move forward, that that would be very healthy for our our staff and our students as we look at what are the most efficient ways and the effective ways to, to help our students develop. Um, so I think there have been some very good, good things there. From a personal standpoint, I will say um, one of the things I think that's been very positive for our family is my kids. Um, are much more active, physically active than they were before. And when they get done with schoolwork or they take little mini breaks during the day between schoolwork, they ride their bikes and they've learned how to ride. Both of them ride their bikes without training wheels. That was something that happened during the pandemic. So that's exciting. And, and they're active and they're doing stuff and they're, um, we've always had some chores and responsibilities for them to do, but we've actually had to increase those a little bit just because we're home a lot more and there's 
more stuff happening in our home. And so they have picked up on um, increased chores and responsibilities and even trying to make lunch for themselves and they will make lunch for me because I'm often on the call. And I'm just seeing them develop more life skills. And those are some things as working with college students that sometimes I realize as parents we can overlook is the life skills. And so I've seen them develop life skills and, and that's exciting. And um and I see that they're more confident and they're doing things around our home and um and I think that those are some really positive things that will have uh, a positive impact on them moving forward. Robin, I think that you may be in my head a little bit because as far as the work stuff goes, that's spot on. Um, there have been so many processes that were antiquated and outdated or required a student to be in person to do something. And obviously that's no longer an option. And so I think positively for work, obviously that had the transition. And so the, the people that are the, the ones that always give the answer, well, that's just the way that we've always done it they were forced to find another way to do it. And I think that that will last. I think that will continue as we move forward. And I think that needed to happen. Um, I'm terribly sad that this is what it took, but I think it's it's what's for the best going forward. Um, personally, um, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier that I've never been at home this much in my adult life. Um, and that's that's been really good for me. It's taught me to slow down a little bit um, and to appreciate it when I am at home. Um, because now when you leave work, all you're doing is leaving a room or closing a laptop or whatever. And so I have to be very intentional here about being here when I'm no longer working. And so that's, that's a skill that I think that I will be able to carry forward and just be very conscious of in the future. But for the relationship with me and my daughter, I think it's been fantastic. Um, on the days that I'm able to take a lunch, um, she and I will go for a walk. So we'll walk for at least 20 or 30 minutes and just talk, just the two of us. And I mean, and doing that multiple times a week, that is something I've never been able to do except for, you know, maybe vacations or just a weekend. And so I'm able to have a real conversations with her, um, find out, you know, truly what she's into right now. What are her friends into? And so we've been able to have really meaningful discussions and conversations. And honestly, I'll miss that when I go back. I I really appreciate this conversation a lot. I, um, you know, just being transparent with the the pros and the cons. And um, as much as I'm ready for the pandemic to be over. I think I said this earlier, but I hope we don't completely go back in terms of, I hope these important moments and these things that you've highlighted about appreciating and creating and treasuring, I hope we hold on to those things as we move ahead. Um, as we kind of start to wrap up, are there any any things I should have been asking you or any things you've thought of that you're like, oh, I did want to share this. Um, any last comments or thoughts? I don't have anything else. 
Yeah, uh, n- nothing from from me either. I think a lot of your questions have kind of led into everything that I wanted to say, and it's just it's funny. It's been great getting to to know Rob, and it's funny how much we have in common, never having met each other before this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure how this would have unfolded if one of you had said, you know, we really had to work through this, and the other one said, oh, we didn't. That was so easy at our house. Uh, although I guess there would have been tips and tricks to share, but um, yeah, it was. It's, and and that's part of why we wanted to do this topic is, even though people are more transparent in some ways we still make up stories about what other people are navigating and how easy or difficult things are for them. And so just having the conversation and sharing, look, this has been a struggle that we had to kind of figure out. Um, I just think that's helpful, not just to those of us in the conversation, but hopefully to people listening too. So I want to thank both of you so much um, for taking time to talk today. I know that there's a lot going on um kind of non-stop and not just during regular work hours so it means a lot that you were able to to come in and have this conversation um before we go um and you you actually have been pretty upbeat throughout this which is nice i just <laughs> want to give you a chance to share if you have a few other things and kind of leave with this continued note of hope. Um, are there two or three things that bring you joy and sort of lift you up right now? It can be, it could be work, it could be home, it could be life in general. Um, Jessica, anything that you might like to share? Yeah, and I'm so sorry if I sound like a broken record, um, but it's, it's the relational aspect and how that has developed over all of this. So I have a wonderful relationship with my daughter because of this. Um, I'm talking to my parents now more than I ever had just to be intentional and to check in on them. Um, I've developed great relationships with my in-laws. Not that we didn't have great relationships before, but they're here. So they're constantly checking in on us. Um, You know, we're even at some point during all this, we were arranging grocery pickups so that not everyone had to go out every week. And so that looking back on it, that makes me happy watching all of us come together and be able to focus on what's most important and not lose sight of that. it, It honestly makes me happy. And it kind of I mean, even though these are these are my people, it's my circle. It kind of restores your faith in humanity like we can pull together we can have these great relationships and we can still also all have jobs um we just maybe weren't being as intentional about that balance before yeah i love that because it's sometimes it's framed as a choice this or that and instead finding that it looks different and it takes a different kind of work but you can have the different pieces um even in the midst of a pandemic so thanks so much yeah how about you robin um two of the things i was thinking about um are similar to what Jessica was saying just thinking about prioritizing with your family and um helping that look a little bit different and so i definitely enjoyed having um some more intentional conversations with my children some of them have been out of necessity and 
Um, and then yet having this time to show them a strong work ethic and show them a positive attitude even when life is hard. Um, and I think that those are important, uh, important things. Um, in our home, we have a faith component, and so it's been um, a time for us to be able to explore our faith more as a family and talk about that. And so I think um, life is hard, and so how do we kind of instill in them these values that are important to our family and help them see a positive attitude and um, just the strength to keep going on when things are hard? And so I think that's been positive. Um, I feel like one of the things I've really enjoyed is in the evenings after the kids go to bed, having some more intentional conversations with my husband. Um, we've been married almost 17 years, and, and, you know, there are times when, especially when you have kids, where there's a lot of just sharing information about which kids going where and a lot of um, directing traffic in your home. And so we've been able to have some more just kind of um, – open deeper conversations and we don't have to discuss which kid has Girl Scouts and Cub Scouts this week and which activities we're doing because we don't have those activities right now and so it's allowed us to have some time to really just have some deeper conversations which is exciting and and it seems it, this may seem trivial but we have um, a dachshund a little miniature dachshund that's 15 years old and he's definitely declining and health, um, still healthy, but it's declining in health. And this time at home has allowed my kids and myself to spend a lot more time with him and to just have these conversations about it's important to, um, you know, to spend time with family, whether it's your dog or something else. But this idea of um, we're not all going to be here forever. And so what are our priorities? And so um, just making the most out of every moment that we do have um, and being grateful and thankful for our health and um, and our safety. And so I think that idea of trying to plant seeds of gratitude has um, been really important and something I hope that we will continue to carry forward as well. So, Robin, that is so crazy because um, <laughs> I had a minister, Dotson, and she actually she passed away a year ago yesterday. Um, and oh. so I was actually going to, you know, kind of jump back in and say, um, so we adopted a dog on March the 5th, so one week before <laughs> all of this started. And he actually came barreling in the room um, whenever I, you know, whenever I was finished talking, like, how dare you? I don't bring you joy. You better go back and tell these people about me. So it's just funny that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so whenever the next in-person FAXA happens, the two of you need to meet in person because you have way weird yes. experience <laughs> not to connect. Um, well, thank you both. There will be lots of dog pictures shared. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you again for your time today. Um, this is really, I've really enjoyed the conversation and um, hearing kind of how you are navigating things. So thank you very much. I appreciate, I appreciate you being here. Um, thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. All right. So today's Essay Today podcast is brought to you by SACFA, and we thank them for their support. Additionally, the show would not be possible without producer Erica Lee. And she has required me to say that every single podcast episode. So <laughs> my name is Michelle Botcher. It has been a pleasure to host this episode. And I hope that everyone has a beautiful day.
Thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle.